Welcome to episode 13 of the Owl and Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand current events through a biblical world view. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to news and current events as we seek to live for Jesus Christ. And uh, this week we're going to take a bit of a look at the World Economic Forum or the WEF. We want to shine a light onto this organisation that many of you I'm sure will have heard of and our aim is to encourage you to to think critically as I said in the introduction to be informed and to view the world through the lens of what the Bible says and some I think are are keen to make light of the WEF um, perhaps saying that it's not really anything that we should be concerned about but Helen and I don't think that that's necessarily a wise approach so we want you to make up your own mind about this influential organization so just to kind of start off with how are you doing Helen I'm fine, thank you. Excellent, excellent. This is an early morning for us, uh, time of recording, isn't it? So um, I was just saying earlier, because you're in a farming background, you've been up incredibly early already, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I'm always up really early. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. Well, it's earlier than me, let's put it that way. Um, So, yeah, so the history of the... WEF, just like touch on this briefly in case you don't know. So the World Economic Forum, the WEF, we'll, we'll refer to it as a WEF to save time. It's a um, non-government organisation, non-governmental organisation, NGO, founded by Klaus Schwab, a, a German economist and mechanical engineer in Switzerland in 1971, when Klaus Schwab was only 32 years old. And the WEF has got a pretty comprehensive website, and it's probably helpful to hear what they say about themselves. Um, so, Helen, do you want to kind of talk through that a little bit? Yeah, so the WEF, um, the forum engages the foremost political, business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. It's a not-for-profit foundation uh, with headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland. It's independent, impartial, and not tied to any special interests. Uh, They say the forum strives in all its efforts to demonstrate entrepreneurship in the global public interest while upholding the highest standards of governance. Moral and intellectual integrity is at the heart of everything it does. Yeah, so it sounds... It sounds pretty good on on that basis, doesn't it? I think it's very um, it's got very high aspirations as an organisation. To be fair, most organisations have high aspirations, even if they don't achieve that. But certainly, the the WEF has got um, lofty aims and uh, and aspirations. It goes on to say, and this is this is again what they're saying about themselves. In in global governance, we see the post-war balance between nation-states and the institutional framework that worked to manage its disintegrating. In its place, we see the emergence of new geo-economic competition, new regionalism and new actors. Meanwhile, technological change is disrupting our economies and changing the nature of our globalised world in ways that are both unpredictable and complex. We will witness more technological change over the next decade than we have seen in the past 50 years. And I think it's um, probably fair to say we've seen a huge amount of change in the last two and a half years, haven't we, Helen, with all all that's happened in the world? Um, Yeah, I think there's been an acceleration in the last two years, certainly. So, yeah, we can certainly, I think, probably agree the potential for more change in the next uh, few years than the last 50 years. So basically, the the main goal of the WEF activity appears to be to facilitate and further high-level cooperation between big business and national governments 
and uh, we are already seeing this take place. And if you go and have a look at you, their website, and I enc- we'd encourage you to do so, go and, go and see what they've got on there, and they've got a lot on there. Yeah, there's um, a lot on there. They have uh, thousands of uh, agenda articles on our that's agenda articles on a whole range of subjects. Uh, for example, it is artificial intelligence the only antidote to disinformation, or climate-friendly foods are alternative proteins the way forward, or perhaps can universal child allowance help lift children out of poverty? So there, are, I think about the well over three thousand of the the those agenda articles. Of, 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 the, of their own so there's a lot in there do have a look and and you'll get a flavor for the kind of things that the WEF focuses on um, kind of what makes them tick as an organization and um, it's worth I think being at least aware of that if nothing else isn't it Helen yeah yeah definitely yeah it's a very slick website there's quite a lot of videos as well um <clears throat> Yeah, like you said, lots and lots of articles. But once you start to read, you'll get a you will get a feel for what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right, Helen, do you want to just talk about the next bit a bit, bit a little bit about Davos? You go. Yeah, so you may have heard of Davos. Um, the WEF is best known for to the public for these uh, the annual conference that it holds in Davos in Switzerland. Excuse me. <coughs> Uh, each January, uh, I think they've changed it recently, the timing of it, haven't they? I think traditionally it was always held at the same time of year. I think they moved it recently. But um, the aim is to bring together political and business leaders from around the world to discuss the problems of the day. Um, do you want to talk about Davos Man? I had not yeah, heard about this. Yeah, so, so maybe you heard the, might have heard the term Davos Man to refer to Davos attendees. Um, it's it's a kind of catch-all term describing the recently emerged globalist ideologue, whether a politician or a uh, leader of industry uh, associated with belief in a, a new world order and encompassing a strange fusion of progressive social and environmental views with faith in unbridled capitalism. And, and the phrase is actually thought to be the creation of... Um, American political scientist Samuel P. Huntington in 2004. So it's actually been around for quite a while. And uh, it was quite interesting to, to, to find out about that. But I guess one of the questions is, how does Davos Man, if you like, come about? Um, there's an American analyst, Michael Lord, and, and, he, and he asks um, uh, a critical question, I think. Of the last two years, and uh, it, and it's this: is how is it that more than 190 governments ended up dealing with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic in almost exactly the same manner, with lockdowns, mask mandates, vaccination cards being commonplace in many areas? And he says, this person, Michael Lord, he says the answer may lie in the WEF's Young Global Leaders School, which was established and managed by Klaus Schwab and many of today's prominent political and business leaders passed through the Young Global Leaders Initiative on their way to the top. So in 1992, Klaus Schwab established um, this parallel institution to the WEF if you like the global leaders for tomorrow school as it was known originally and that was um, renamed young global leaders back in 2004 and uh, the members of the school's very first class in 1992 already included a number who went on to become important liberal political figures um, so in their in their own words Okay, it says so yes, the Forum of Young Global Leaders accelerates solutions to global challenges through new models of public private cooperation. We build bridges across sectors, regions, ideolo- ideologies to establish trust that transcends current divides. We invest in learning to help leaders deepen their understanding of key challenges facing our planet and humanity. We share their stories to illuminate what leadership could and should look like across the world. For over 15 years, the young global leaders have inspired and mobilised change 
throughout the world. That's certainly an interesting extra arm to the WEF, isn't it, Helen? Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Um, I was only aware of this quite recently. Um, and when you start to look at the number of people of great influence in the world who've been through this program, it's quite astounding, actually. It is. Who, 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 who of influence has been a, through the Young Global Leader Program or uh, the Global Leader for Tomorrow's School? So a bit of a list here. This is not exhaustive. I think there's many others. Oh, so there's a huge number of people others, yeah. like Angela Merkel, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, Nicolas Sarkozy, Emmanuel Macron, Jean Claude Juncker, Jacinda Ardern. Um, we're not sure, possibly Trudeau, but certainly I think uh, half of his cabinet uh, were young global leaders. That's that's it. that's absolutely. That's absolutely right. And on that note, um, let's probably just quote Klaus Schwab himself, where he says this. I have to say, then, I mention names like Mrs. Merkel, even Vladimir Putin, and so on. They all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. But what we are really proud of now, with the young generation like Prime Minister Trudeau, President of Argentina, and so on, is that we penetrate the cabinets. It is true in Argentina, and it is in tr at, and it is true in France now, and of course there was Canada as well. So that's Klaus Schwab saying that. Um, it's quite something, isn't it? That's quite an admission. Yeah, that's quite a bold statement, isn't it? So, so the aim—that's what they're wanting to do to to get people into the cabinets of influential governments around the world. Yeah. Now, maybe it, it could be that's not a problem whatsoever. Um, we just want to try and, as best we can, just present what the WEF um, is is doing um, and what their aims are as, as, as far as we, as the public, can understand but um, I'm not so sure it's as, as innocent as um, perhaps it could be made out to be. And they have a, a board of trustees, of course, and that includes people like Christine Lagarde, who's the former managing director of the International Monetary Fund and the current president of the European Central Bank. We just put that interest rates up yesterday, by the way. Uh, Queen Rainier of Jordan, um, one of the world's... Uh, one of the... One of the world's hundred most powerful women, um, Larry Fink, who's the CEO of BlackRock, and BlackRock, if you don't know, is the largest investment management corporation internationally, and it handles approximately nine trillion dollars annually. So, um, BlackRock is a name which you may hear of in the future. Uh, the school's list of alumni says so Young Global Leaders School. Uh, is not limited to political leaders. There's many captains of, in, of private industry in there, including Microsoft Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, Clinton Foundation, uh, Chelsea Clinton as well. And I think there's, um, yeah, there's just a, a really interesting list, isn't there, of, of people in that. Also, I should, should point out, Mark Zuckerberg, is on that list. He's he's been there, and also uh, the Google co-founder, Ser Sergi Brin, was in there as well. So that's quite a um, that's quite a list, isn't it, Helen? Quite a lot of very powerful, influential people. Yeah. And I think what when you go back to this question um, about why 190 countries all move the same way in response to a virus. Um, and the pandemic. One argument put forward by um, author, political commentator, writer Ernst Wolf, um, he thinks it's much to do with the WEF's Young Global Leaders Programme by observing what different global leaders who have come through this um, Young uh, Global Leaders School with the WEF, the approach they took was all the same with lockdowns and maybe there's nothing in that but it's certainly interesting if nothing else 
could be a strange coincidence, couldn't it, Helen? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be. Um, but it was it was very noticeable very early on that it wasn't just the same actions, but using the same words as well. It was, wasn't it? It was. I mean, you know, when we're talking here about leaders who are happy to be um, associated with what could be described as the worst of government overreach, who perhaps lingered the longest on a fear-driven narrative, um, were were okay with being hostile towards their own people uh, to normalise things which shouldn't be normal. And perhaps most of all, the people noted by by standing out or standing up for their unshakable commitments to a COVID state narrative, if you like. But, you know, that could be coincidence. Um, but it's interesting nonetheless, isn't it? So, Helen, do you want to talk about a little bit about the next 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 bit about, you know, what what is this Davos thing all about? Because we started out with Davos and we went into Young Global Leaders, but we're coming back to what this whole meeting in Switzerland is 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 focused on. Yeah, so if we have a look at um this year's meeting, which happened fairly recently, a couple of months ago, um, the World Economic Forum Annual Meeting 2022, this is what it says on the site, convenes at the most consequential geopolitical and geoeconomic moment of the past three decades and against the backdrop of a once-in-a-century pandemic. The meeting will bring together over 2,000 leaders and experts from all around the world, all committed to a Davos spirit of improving the state of the world. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's, that was yeah one of the things that you highlighted here, I think, in that is, is the fact that, you know, once in a century pandemic, and yet we're being told, aren't we, that another pandemic is potentially just around the corner. Um, whether that's the Marburg virus or monkeypox or whatever else it, it might be, so that that that's um, that's yeah, a bit of an unusual thing to say. Quite a bit, quite, quite a, a bit on there, exactly. Quite a bit on their website about future pandemics um, plans for pandemic, you know, planning and um, health initiatives, and yeah, there's lots on there. Yeah, yeah, and there's certainly this Davos spirit idea is interesting as well because it's. Acknowledging that it is like, perhaps we should mention because we haven't mentioned this so far in this podcast, but we are we are Christians and we are attempting to to look at things through a biblical worldview, and um, the spiritual and the physical go together; they're inseparable. So when we go about our daily lives, that also impacts our our spiritual life, and we are going about our daily spiritual life as well. And so um, the spirit of how we do things in this case, when they're talking about a Davos spirit is, um, yeah, it's interesting. Maybe it's significant. Who knows? But yeah, it's uh, the fact they've capitalized it <laughs> means that they think they think it's of note, doesn't it? In that. Yeah. Um, what else do you say about that one, Helen? So um, it also says on their site, the annual meeting in 2022 will embody the World Economic Forum's philosophy of collaborative, multi-stakeholder impact, providing a unique collaborative environment in which to reconnect, share insights, gain fresh perspectives and build problem-solving communities and initiatives against a backdrop of deepening global frictions and fractures it will be the starting point for a new era of global responsibility and cooperation. And again, when you when you read something like that or, or hear something like that, it can sound quite idealistic, can't it? And um, it can sound like it's got very laudable aims and objectives. Um, and yet there is something which perhaps, and we'll talk get onto this near the end, is, is perhaps more unsettling about about this idea that they are coming together to solve the world's problems um, which is essentially kind of what they're doing and and the purpose of us talking about the WEF is because it is something that that um, has come up time and time again and because um, I didn't want to say this word but I'm going to 
um, because many pass it off as some kind of conspiracy theory that that that, that being concerned about the WEF um, is just that 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 it's nothing more than a kind of um, nice little shindig once a year where people get together and talk about things. Uh, but I think as we go through this factual evidence of what they do, what they stand for, and who does it, it becomes harder and harder to believe that it is just a nice organisation where people come together. So we've not only got um, political figures, we also have uh, business leaders involved. And business the business list is is exhaustive. So we've it's, yeah, yeah. It is. who have we huge. got, Helen? Who have we well, got? When I I went through, you can go through again on their website. They're very open, you know. All of this, there's no, there's no arguing that this is. Oh well, that's just conspiracy, like you say. This is all very very well documented. It's all there on their website. Um, anyone can go on and have a look. So if you go on and look at all their partners, as they call them, you will find many many names that you will have heard of so i picked mm. out a few um including major banks like hsbc and barclays pharmaceutical companies including pfizer johnson johnson astrazeneca google amazon blackrock as you mentioned earlier kpmg microsoft nestle novartis unilever siemens bp ibm goldman sachs um, so, you know, all the biggest names in terms of multinational companies. And then um, some that you may or may not have come across in in the philanthropic world, the Wellcome Trust, mm -hmm. which is a huge trust, um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, again, a massive foundation, which you will have probably heard about over the last two years. They've been um, right there at the forefront of what's been going on with covid yeah yeah so for 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 a get together um it's uh, clearly very very important to these multinational mega corporations um for them to put their name to something and for them to to be there and and to attend it and um yeah, and, and they've got some interesting sessions, haven't they, Helen? We'll talk us through some of these. <laughs> yeah, quite... so these were these They've got, were the they've got a broad range of interests, haven't they, at Davos? Uh, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, I went through all the, the different sessions. They've put them all up on their website. You could, um, I think you could actually go in and listen to them live at the time, but they're, they're up there to, to look at. I mean, you could spend, uh, I don't think you'd ever get through them all. There's so many of them. But I picked out a few of the titles of these sessions just to give an idea of um, the breadth really of, of topics they look at. So we've got, um, I won't read them all, but um, including economic weaponry uses and effectiveness of sanctions, uh, future-proofing health systems. Uh, they had a special address by Vladimir Zelensky from Ukraine. Um, what role for carbon dioxide removal technologies? Hmm. Um, uh, the future of democracy, transforming through trust, central bank digital currencies, driving LGBTQI plus resilience through equity, preparing for the next pandemic. Even though they only happen every hundred years, apparently. Oh, pandemics only happen every hundred years. Yeah, but they're they they're very keen to be planning for the next one. Um, shaping a shared future, making the metaverse. Hmm. So that's a just a sprinkling, but there are very many different topics that they cover. And that's that's just a a little side note. And again, this is just a side note. Nothing more. Don't read anything into this. Uh, but it's interesting that Facebook changed its, its name to Meta, didn't Metaverse. it? And they've got here two two interestingly titled sessions on the Metaverse. And of course, in case you uh, missed it earlier on, Mark Zuckerberg was a uh, is is on the alumni of the WEF um, Young Global leaders uh, so yeah that's worth noting um so yeah what what about the yeah what about this kind of 
what's it about in terms of Davos? What do they they do? Because it's like a, a global village, isn't it, Helen? Sort of kind of is that how it's seen? Where 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 people sort of come together? Yeah, well, I I listened to um, Klaus Schwab. There's you can listen to this on the website. There's a, a little video uh, reflections from our founder Klaus Schwab, and he talks about his whole vision and where the WEF has got to now. So he talks about a global village where all stakeholders can interact and um, have a global business citizenship approach. Um, there's a lot I do find in this, there's lots of terminology, lots of use of these um, big sounding sounding words. Um, and sometimes I do feel when I'm going through it, it's hard to get to the actual substance of mm. what they're actually yeah. talking about. They, they cloud um, intent, don't they, with, by, by this? Yeah. yeah, all this terminology. So he, he explains there's there were four phases to him. There's been four phases of the WEF evolution over the last 50 years. So it started with the Davos meeting in 1971 and the aim of integrating top leaders. Then he talks about the second stage where the participants from there became members of this body, this movement. Then the third stage, the internal capability, developing the internal capability to exercise conceptual leadership. Hmm. And then the fourth phase of achieving collective impact. So I think that's how he regards we're now in the fourth phase. Um, he also talks about the WF being the only international organization looking at all aspects of issues in an interconnected way. And he talks about five centers. So the first one is global and regional cooperation, which is a political aim. Then the second one, technological progress, and he talks about there uh, the fourth industrial mm -hmm. revolution, which is the term that he's come up, up with. He's written a whole book on this um, this idea of the fourth industrial revolution, which is the technological revolution. The third center is the um, involves environmental responsibility and this term net zero, which we hear about a lot. The fourth area is a new economy and society. And the fifth is industry transformation. Wow. So he's, he says global corporations need to be at the forefront of driving positive change in all of these areas. Cool. It's, it's hard to when you hear that it's hard to think well this is a, a benign organization of of people meeting together just just for the sake of it um and and again it's made very clear and we see in we see genuine intent don't we through that in terms of what they want to do and i think that because that intent is made clear we should at least pay attention to that and watch what happens because yeah we'll get onto that in in a little bit as to why that's why that's important yeah that's, that's quite something ellen so one of the things i'm sure many of you will have heard of uh, is this phrase the great reset and um it's not a um it's to use a word again i try not to use this word because i really don't like it but it's not a conspiracy theory it's it's actually a thing and uh, it's more than that it's a wef thing uh, in their own words they describe it as such there is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the covid-19 crisis to improve the state of the world the world economic forum is starting the great reset initiative and they even have a great reset logo and as we all know as soon as you have a logo it's a genuine thing and everybody's got to pay attention until you have a logo uh, it's just an idea but they've got a logo as well so it is actually seriously it is actually a genuine a genuine um, idea um, it is in something that is being worked on by the WEF as as we speak and again 
we need to we need to pay attention to this because often what you'll find is that when this is when this is mentioned in uh, the media, it is passed off as a nothing to see here, um, as if it's it, it's often intellectualized to the point of neutering it, is what tends to happen in the um, uh, in 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 papers like The Guardian and, and even read something in, in Unheard the other day about this. And Unheard's pretty good, actually, has a wide range of people on it. But but we can often talk about something to us to, to such an extent that what we do is we actually um, uh, confuse the issue and uh, obfuscate the actual real issues that need to be understood. Um, so watch out for that because that happens a lot today. Um, but yeah, anything anything to add on that one? Do you want to move on? on well, uh-huh. just no, just to say again, there's a there's a book. So you know, the great research. It's not just a term. No, not, not just, just a term. A, not just a logo. There's a book. <laughs> no, there's a book. Um, so again, you know, one thing I would say to add to what you've just said, Tim, is that um, with all of this, there's there's no argument that oh, it's just a conspiracy theory. Oh, people are over. You know, no, they are very clear. They're very clear about their aims. It's all there in black and white. Mm. Um, so there's, there's no arguing. It's it's there. They're very clear about what they're trying to do. Um, and this, the great reset, um, you can go go research it. Yeah. And and it's, it's, it was interesting, wasn't it? When, when listening to world leaders um, talking about building back better. Do you remember that? Yeah. And they all... They were all parroting the same line, and the and and it was and uh, yeah, it was it was quite astounding. So so when we say, you know, people, hundred ninety countries doing the same thing, we're not making that up. Um, it, it just look at the world for yourself, observe with your own eyes, um, hold things lightly. That's really important. Hold things lightly. Don't grip onto ideas, otherwise they can kind of take over, and that's not a good thing. But hold things lightly. Observe the world and uh, pay attention. I think would be our encouragement to you. Um, and yeah, I mean they they've had some they've had, they've been very blatant about things. The WEF haven't they? They've had this idea of you'll own own nothing and be happy. You know that one? They, yeah, they've that's... done some really freaky videos about this. They have and you done. Think, I don't. Yeah. Right, look, you go ahead first, and then I want to say something about that, unless you say it for me. Okay, so they have a vision for the world in 2030, and um, they in, in that vision, there's a video where they talk about, uh, very clearly, very explicitly, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Um, and that was talked about quite a lot at the time. I saw it quite a few years ago. Then I think they took it down from their website, but it is still there on the internet. You can you can watch it. Um, I remember that was the first time that I stopped and thought, oh, that's quite a thing. So in less than 10 years' time, that's that's what they're saying. We're going to be owning nothing and we will be happy. So which my immediate reaction was, well, who who will own it then? <laughs> own anything. Who, who, who's going to own it? Yeah, that's um, that's it. You 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 you've nicked, you've nicked what I was going to say. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. But that, yeah, but that that is that is always the question to ask. I say, well, you'll learn nothing. Well, who will? Well, somebody will. That's for sure. But it won't be you. And um, um, <laughs> yes, that it, I mean that in and of itself t- tells you what you what you um, need to know. I think about the WEF and where they're kind of going with stuff um but yeah it's the the guys on the wf the people who attend it they're not on they're not on our side let's be clear um and uh, i think we just we can just be attentive to that and bear that in mind but yeah, um, I, it's not. That's not a world you'll own nothing and be happy. Well, happiness is not actually found in possessions, is it, Helen? Let's 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 be fair. It's no, not so found in a possessions. Bit of truth there. Yeah, that's not the place to find possessions. Um, but this idea that uh, maybe it's the majority. The majority of you, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. 
speaks to me of a world of someone being in charge and the little people. Um, the the, use, the, use, the useless doing. eaters, as somebody said, but we won't mention any names. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you'll you'll learn nothing and be happy, and the few will learn own everything and be very happy. I think is the bit that they missed off. Um, right, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, what about what about COVID? Because we can't really talk, have a podcast without talking about COVID, can we? So, so anything, to, anything to say on that one with regards to WEF? Well, I watched one of their um, again. Like I said before, there's so much on there that you could you could look at on just on this topic. But I watched one of their little videos, um, and they were looking. Uh, we haven't said up to this point the WHO are also very involved in this initiative so um this video was looking at the who and their messaging on vaccinating children so i thought well i'll have a look at that see what they're saying um and again it was it was very simplistic um but but very clearly they were saying vaccinating children the side effects are very rare and they talked about you might get aches or pain at the injection site um, but it's very important to protect against illness, uh, protect against long COVID and to keep education open. Mm. So we're talking about vaccinate um, children of age five and upwards. But also it's important to continue with masks and ventilation and hand washing, etc. Um, and that was pretty much it. No, no. So didn't go into any anything about what the vaccine actually is, um, how for how long has it been tested, um, any of the issues around um, serious side effects or death, no talk about that. And then they ended with this line, I couldn't believe the line, they said, stay safe, stay healthy and stick with science. And it was like a little, <laughs> it, was, it was like a children's programme. It was like a... We've been so in a children's now, program for the last two and a half years. Well, let's let's be honest. <laughs> but the, but the way it was delivered, it was like a little story hour. It was like, so now, just sit down and have a listen for five minutes, and we'll just tell you this in very simple language, and then we'll just finish with this little little message that you can just remember and recall: stay safe, stay healthy, and stick with science. Wow. That's a catchphrase, isn't it? That's yeah. that's what. Well, I I never heard. I never knew that. Never heard that before. Um, but I, the thing is, I'm not surprised. This is this is the thing. I'm kind of I'm more. I think what I, I'm more amazed that that they would say such a thing rather than surprised they've said it. I think that that's the point I'm kind of at now with this stuff, which. Um, yeah, goes to show the state of things, really, doesn't it? Okay, that's really, really good. And whilst we're on the subject of children, we probably can't talk about the WEF without talking about artificial intelligence. Helen, what, what about that? Tell us something about this. No, so the, I think this is their their biggest thing is they are obsessed with artificial intelligence and how it's going to transform our world. Um, or or and AI, as you might often AI. hear it or I yeah. no nobody says that. So, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, and and um and actually they talk. You can very soon find lots of talk on there about um how it may even transform humanity itself. But this particular publication, which came out in March 2022, again on their website, artificial artificial intelligence for children, and they asked the question, what is it at stake? Artificial intelligence will determine the future of play, childhood, education and societies. Children and youth represent the future, so everything must be done to support them to use AI responsibly and address the challenges of the future. This toolkit aims to help responsibly design, consume and use, help children to responsibly, no, not to help children, it says responsibly design, consume and use AI. It is designed to help companies, designers, parents, guardians, children and youth make sure that AI respects the rights of children and has a positive impact in their lives. Wow. Wow. 
See, up and up and up until up until this point, I I thought it was parents who have the God-given responsibility to to bring up and and discipline and love and nurture children uh, that they might grow up to be young men and women who live well in God's world. Um, and that's how God ordained it, didn't he? But again, let's not, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But um, that's quite something. Okay, so as we, as, we, as we come into kind of some concluding thoughts, probably you've left, left the best one till last, Helen. Mm. Tell us about Noah. Yuval Noah Harari is his name, actually. Um, I, oh, well, it, I think we might need to do a whole podcast on this man. He is fascinating. Um, if you've not heard of him, Google him. His, so he's Yuval, beginning with a Y, Yuval Noah Harari. He's of um, Jewish origin. He's an Israeli a professor, very intelligent and articulate man. Um and you can watch various videos of him, his speeches, his talking. He's very, he's a um, very popular amongst the elites. He's a very, uh, you'll find him there. Just Google his name. You'll find him talked about and his talks everywhere. Um, so just a, a little summary. I've got, um, can you read them out actually, Tim? Because they're not in front of me. I put a few little quotes Um on the sheet and I've not got them here now. Oh yes. Things so, that he has said. Okay, so so here we go. So that this these are actual quotes from Yuval. First one is science is not really about truth. It is about power. Next one. When we look back at COVID, we will say this is the moment everything went digital that we became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all the time, even in democracies. This is the moment when surveillance went under the skin. Next one. This is a new religion where the vision will come from technology. And finally, Jesus is fake news. Yeah. So there's a few gems for you. Um, this man, he's very um, anti-God. He he is an atheist. He's um, but he does talk about God a lot, and it's very interesting the language he uses. This is to him, it's like a new religion. He he is really obsessed with uh, intelligent design by human beings. So he talks about. Um, you know, we're moving away from this idea of intelligent design by a god and we're moving towards intelligent design by humans. He he his vision is for transhumanism, so is for the uh connecting of technology and humanity. Um uh, he talks about the hacking of the human brain. That's that's what gets him excited. <laughs> um and he also talks about the coming towards the end of this era of um our species so becoming we that that there will be a new evolution which will be um uh, uh, dominated by um technology and we effectively could become a new species this new transhuman species it is it's fascinating um cool and yeah. that's uh, and what what, he, what just remind us what is his relationship to the WEF again? Yeah, so that's important to say. So he's one of the WEF advisors. Again, if you go on the WEF website, there's a whole page about him and his biography and who he is. Um, but for example, his recent book, um, the reviews on there, or whatever you call them, you know, the people who say this is such a great book, include people like Barack Obama, Klaus Schwab from the WEF. Um, he's been known apparently in the WEF circles. He's known as apparently as the prophet. Um, so he's kind of seems to have this almost religious leader role within the movement. Cool. Wow, that is uh, 
yeah. So we said we saved the best best till last, and um, we weren't joking. Um, so that that is that's that is quite astounding, quite astounding. So let's kind of we're going to bring this into into land a little bit now. Uh, so first of all, like what what do we what what to think about all all this? And uh, I want to perhaps quote the uh, economist, journalist, and author Ernst Wolf, uh, who says. Uh, the the ultimate conclusion one must draw from all of this, and all of this being the WEF, is that democracy as we know it has been silently cancelled, and that although the appearance of democratic process is being maintained in our countries, the fact is that an examination of how governance around the world works today shows that an elite of super wealthy and powerful individuals effectively control everything that goes on in politics, as has been especially evident in relation to the pandemic response. Now, at the end of the day, you're listening to this, you make up your own mind, but what Helen and I have just run through up until this point has simply been factual evidence that you yourselves can go and find. And uh, I have to say, I think Ernst Wolf is, is spot on with that and the I would say the a big fallacy here is to pass off thinking that the WEF involvement as a negative thing is some kind of wacky conspiracy theory well you can think that if you like but I think that's incredibly unwise if you do but the 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 key thing is is what what are the issues with this I mean the first the first one and I think we should always ask this is did anybody ask for the WEF? And the answer to that is no, they didn't. In other words, was this a grassroots movement? And the answer to that is no, it wasn't. It was very much from the top down. And when something is from the top down, that is it other than God, we should be very, very careful. Um have to remember that you know global leaders business leaders are invested and they find consensus in and through the WEF and if world and business leaders are paying attention to this then we too should be paying attention because it's going to affect the world that we live in and the world economic forum is agenda driven um so the question is are we happy with the agendas that they are promoting. What do you think, Helen? Well, I think I've always been nervous of anything that's that's big and powerful and has a lot of money. And um, this ticks all of the boxes. Um, I think we need to be, I mean, I, I would, I've always been, aware that these big multinational companies have an awful lot of power and when you have something like this which brings all of those together so bringing all of the power together into one place that that makes a a global superpower mm-hmm. yes and yeah i think that that's what the aim is that that global you know this constant talk of global governance global cooperation uh, it's that concerns me and i think it it should concern us all yeah that that is very that is very true that is very true <clears throat> and it's not let, let's not kind of um let's not delude ourselves in, in a sense here we, we are not suggesting that um we, we need to do something about the WEF because on a human level that, that, that I don't think there is anything we can we can really do uh, but we do need to be aware we do need to be aware of what's what's going on we do we do need to observe what is being said and actions that are being taken and, and to enable us ultimately to fix our eyes more firmly on Jesus Christ and we've not talked about about a biblical view up until this point through this podcast because we've been focusing on what the WF is about. But I think at this, this, this point, as we kind of come to a close, I think the, the key question is, is, is can can the church afford to be passively unconcerned about an organisation like the WEF? And uh, I don't think it can. I, I think that we should just at least be aware 
That's all we need to do. We need to be aware of what's being said and, and to start to join the dots because in my experience, there many Christians particularly uh, either fail to or, or don't want to join the dots and there's many reasons for that and many of those reasons are understandable but we have to join the dots in what's happening in the world most of all because that's what Jesus tells us you know you read Matthew 24 Jesus is saying join the dots look at what's happening in the world why because we need to be looking forward to his return and that's an amazing thing and that's why we need to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ so being aware of the organizations like the WEF is not being aware so that we might <laughs> take them down or anything like that because we can't do that I don't think uh, but it's being aware so that we can focus our eyes and our hearts on the Lord Jesus and um, keep our eyes on what is important but also it's it, it's important to be aware of this because the WEF is promoting a godless philosophy it's anti-god um We've got to, you know, stop this idea of shrugging our shoulders and saying, oh, this is just another conspiracy theory. I mean, it's getting quite boring now, is that line? Because this is right in front of us. And um, we uh, in the church need to remind one another that it is Christ who is on the throne, not the WEF. Uh, what do you think, Helen? Yeah, I think, I think that's really important, that point. And I think... The more, if you go on their website, if you if you investigate, if you read their stuff, if you listen to their videos, the more you do that, you will see that um, this is about an ideology. It's and even some of them have even, like I said, with Harari, have even talked about a new religion. This is absolutely there is no mention of God. There is there's a big ethical question that we need to be asking where where these people um, have such great plans and have such great power um, that inevitably opens up a whole realm of ethical questions mm. and that's where the church needs to understand what is it that they're doing, what is it they're planning, what is it that they are already doing and how are they influencing our lives and our nations and our governments mm -hmm. um and we need to be doing that because it's too if you get to a point where things are starting to happen and i think we're already at that point yes then definitely. it's too late to ask the ethical questions then yeah you need to be doing that before it happens if you've got any hope of saying hold on a minute we need perhaps we need to stop here or perhaps this isn't something that's going to be good for our people yes yes that is really 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 good point we 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 do need we do need to be we do need to be doing that and and we can't we can't afford to we can't afford to kind of for want of a better way of saying it put put our heads in the sand or or saying it doesn't doesn't really matter it's it's, it's just all about you know telling people that god loves them yes god does love you but we need to look at what's happening in the world so that we can use that as a means to point to truth we need to stand for truth as the church we're called to do that that's really important if god's people don't stand for truth then frankly who is well i'll tell you who is it's those who um, are used by the enemy will create a truth which actually is a lie and so so it's important that the church stand for truth in all this stand up for what is right um, mm. and it's not necessarily because we can change things this is the thing right this is really important i think it's not necessarily because we can change things it's the principle of standing for the truth that's important and that's often overlooked um, in other words the church standing for truth may not necessarily change a situation there and then but they are standing for what is right. And Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to encourage one another to do that and to do that all the more as we see that day of Jesus' return approaching. But I think the WEF is kind of 
a classic Tower of Babel type thing. It's it's trying to make a name for ourselves, isn't it? It's trying to do everything without God. And when we start worshipping the created instead of the creator, it is guaranteed, it is inevitable that we will have problems. And that is the problem with the WEF. They are trying to achieve their aims without God. And like we said at the start, we wanted to um, explain the evidence uh, to explain a little bit about what the WEF is about. But go and look at it for yourselves. Don't take our word for it. Just go and go and have a look and 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 see and see for yourselves. But you will you will find an organisation that is godless, and an organisation that is highly influential. And of those two reasons, we should pay attention and we should be reminding one another of the truth and standing on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's one other thing that strikes me when I look at it, and that is that as Christians, um, something that is is absolutely critical is the value of every individual. So every person is created, we believe every person on this earth is created by God, is loved by God, is created in God's image and therefore has um, infinite worth, every individual. And when I look at the WEF and their aims and what they're trying to do, what I see is um, global initiatives that are perceived to be for the general good of humanity, so for the greater good or for the good of the majority or whoever whoever that group is. I see nothing that is about the individual and mm. the, that the individual is valuable. Yeah. Do you yes. do you see what I'm yes. saying? Yeah, that is very that is very true. That's very that's a that's a great that's a great point. Um that, yeah it's 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 collectivism, isn't it? We we've yeah. and we've seen these words surface in the last two years, you know socialism collectivism collectivism greater greater good you know words that or terms that perhaps we don't associate historically with with communist russia or communism um solidarity is another one that does the rounds um but yeah you're absolutely right the the, the individual has become subsumed into the into the mass of whatever mm. this thing is um and uh, it's it's not good. Whereas the individual is important and loved by God. And uh, you know, you guys listening to this, you are important to God. You are loved by God, um, yeah. and that is important to remember. Shall I finish with a psalm? Yeah, that would be good. Okay, so I'm going to read Psalm two. I'll read all of it because it's it's not that long, but it it. It's quite relevant, I think, to what we've been talking about. So here we go. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth shall make their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Well, I think that could do a better summary than that one, Helen. No, God will not be mocked. No, he won't. Right, so 
I hope that was that was helpful. Please do feel free to drop us a line if you have any comments or questions. We have a Telegram channel, um, which is probably an easy way to get in contact with us. But you can do that via um, our blogs um, on on Linktree, which is linked from the podcast. Please also do share this podcast with people, friends, family, people you think would be interested, encouraged. Um, provoked in thought by by listening to what we're doing um we yeah we, we just need to kind of get keep getting the word out there and uh reach reach more people um but yeah anything anything helen that's it for us no that's that's it for us yep we yeah. might might come back to this another time maybe yeah well i'm sure <laughs> i think there's a number of things we've kind of touched on here which we could spend a lot longer on um uh, but yeah anyway we'll see you guys next time yep bye Thank you.